On today's episode from last October, I spoke with three women about the election. There was little else to talk about at that point. We talk about the debates and also how creative empathy can lead you to understanding why maybe people react to the way they do in their own echo chambers. And finally, we talk about how not voting in previous elections can lead to a point of embarrassment and create action in upcoming ones. I hope you enjoy. Kind regards, Nick. All right, so I'm Nick. I don't, you don't have to introduce yourself, but if you do you want to? Yeah, sure, I'm Megan. Megan, thank you for being on the podcast. You have two friends, and they might jump in periodically, or right now. Yeah, I'm Allie. <laughs> I'm Jill. Well, welcome, welcome. Feel free to move the, the mic. I'm going to clean it right after. Cool. So, like, what's been on your mind these days? I mean, a lot, to yeah. be honest with you. I yeah. feel like I just keep watching the debates and getting really sad. Yeah, so you watched the last one? Yeah, we watched it together. We all watched it together. Nice, nice little party. It was uh, definitely different than the first one, right? Yeah. To yeah. a degree. It was a, a, a smidge better. Yeah. In what direction was it better? Uh, people were able to talk more. Yeah, Less true. interrupting and, like, ego contest. True, true. Do, now, the one thing I'm afraid is that people are going to be like, wow, look at, like, how, like, incredibly well-spoken President Trump was when it's, like, comparison to, like, oh, like, he did the bare minimum. You know what I mean? He- did the bare minimum and that does not deserve praise right right what does deserve praise these days Uh, being able to put together a sentence that makes sense and being honest and being authentic Uh and even if you disagree with something um don't just blame it on it not being true and not and citing sources and actually giving a plan for what you want to do instead of just attacking the person against you every time you're asked to please tell us what's going to be your plan moving forward. Yeah. Do you think either of them answered really to what their plans are or how to like really problem solve? I think that's like, a, I mean, like to an extent, I think that's kind of a loaded question in general because mm. I feel like the whole goal is to give away as little as possible and just be very vague. So right. I do think that like you did see a lot more of specific answers from Joe Biden, but mm. like... In general, I think when you're debating, it just seems to me that they're trying to purposely be so, so vague so mm. that later on down the road, you can't use their words against them. Fair. So it's kind of like, you know, what really, what value are we getting from the debates? It's like speaking to you, your audience that you know you already have their votes, but also being careful enough to not turn away people that are on the, are fence. On yeah. the fence. Right. I also think in terms of laying out a plan, Kamala Harris actually did the best job yes. as compared to everybody else. Yeah. Well, was this in her debate or in general? Just yeah, in outside? her debate when yeah. she was on it. Okay, so I was in Colorado at that time, deep in the wilderness. What were, like, the big things that stood out? Because I feel like the only thing anyone talked about was flies. Oh, the Kamala Harris oh. yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the people, people were just talking about the facial expressions the most, but uh-huh. I think it was definitely, like, I mean, of course, it was, like, a landmark situation because it was, you know, there hasn't been a lot of females on that stage. I don't think many, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the number for sure, but very few. So mm-hmm. I think it was very high pressure. Like, we were watching, and I was so nervous for, like, any time she would speak, I just really wanted her to have, like, the correct facts because mm. I just wanted progress for, like, women, I yeah. guess. But I think it does make me feel kind of disheartened that the main takeaways were the facial expressions. Yeah. And, and that she's it being just, disrespectful. Yeah, and it just, like, kind of shows you that 
to be successful as a woman, you really do need to do everything right. And even when you do, you still are going to get picked apart. Yeah, this higher scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you now? So with watching Kamala also in her original debates when it was a whole like the Democratic field was very open. I personally found that her was mostly just attacking the current administration, which is fair. But did you were you impressed by her debates early on? To be honest with you, I really wasn't paying attention and I didn't watch it when yeah. she spoke in the vice president, um, the vice presidential debate. That was like my first time really hearing her, like what she believed in, like how she spoke. And like I was impressed from like that uh, debate. But mm. I really like went into that not knowing much about her. Mm. Mm. Do you have like yeah. a lot of background information on her earlier debates or like what? kind of takeaways could you give up yeah no so mostly okay so it was a wide range what we had maybe 10 people in the beginning and pretty much her and then also amy kablucha is that i always it's a lot of a lot of consonants minnesota yeah yeah. and i found that they both were just very kind of uh vague in their actual plans like i think that uh, um obviously from california she uh had a lot of um She's tied to healthcare system. Like she wants, she agrees with Obamacare, right? And like maybe leading a little bit of like social democratic, but definitely leading a little bit more middle ground. But her stuff was always a little bit more really just pointed towards how the current administration's failing us. And really just every single word she said was about like putting blame, which is like for me, and I think for a lot of people, we don't really like the idea of the buck continually being passed. We want people to take ownership for their mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I think we might respect them a lot more if they did take well, ownership. I, to that point, like Joe Biden, um, when they were talking about the crime crime bill that he like supported 28 years ago or something, like, mm. instead of just continuing to deflect and attack Trump, he was like, you know, you're right. Like, I, I made a mistake, and I've been trying to fix that ever since. Mm. And, like, that was even refreshing to just hear someone say, like, yeah, I did support that, and it was a mistake, and also, like, people grow. Yeah. yeah. And why do we why do we not allow politicians to be able to grow or even, like, assume that perhaps they had a change of heart or, like, learned the same way we all do, right? I'm yeah. kind of wondering, like, I wonder that a lot, and I think we don't really allow them, but I'm kind of wondering if perhaps we just haven't seen enough examples of it because... Mm. I don't think we've really seen anyone try to, like, I guess, like, cannibalize themselves to that extent. Like, mm-hmm. nobody is coming out and being like, oh, I made this mistake or whatever, like, extreme ownership. I haven't seen a lot of examples of that. Mm. And so maybe we're just not given the chance to see, like, whether they get picked apart or if they, you know, like, come out better for it. Because I personally would love to see more of that. Like, I think yeah. it's human to make mistakes, and I want to see growth in that way from politicians not just like my friends it's also unrealistic to think that especially for someone who's been in politics the majority of like their life or career it's so unrealistic to think that you're going to have the same views as when you started because you're a human being like my own views have changed so much in the last like three years Mm -hmm. that i can't imagine how one person could have the same views for 40 years of their life totally what were uh do you mind going into some of the things that like kind of change was it like through meeting someone was it through an experience you had was it even like the most simplest example don't need to um, dive in yeah i came out came out like two and a half years ago okay after meeting her so like yeah obviously that opened my own eyes to yeah. a much different just 
I, my circle of people that I have now been around for the last like two and a half, three years uh-huh. is just very different from what I had been used to before that. And that doesn't mean that I don't still have the same friends that I used to right. before that too. But like, it's just opened my eyes to meeting so many different types of people and has opened my own mind to not only like being gay, but like many other issues that I've in the past yeah. have been closed off to yeah. or just or not just wanting like to didn't hear. care about because it didn't, didn't directly care. affect yeah, didn't you. Care. And and did you find that uh, perhaps you had been ra- wherever you like were raised and such that you had these different um, experiences that affect the way you, you you thought and such, and that once you opened your mind to different uh, experiences, did you find that you were maybe naive or ignorant? Or ignorance is a strong word, but like to problems that were existing. And what was it like to, like discovering those problems existed and did that affect you? Like how could I have missed this? Or like what were your thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean definitely where I was raised, I mean I was raised in a suburb that I mean we literally call it the bubble still. Yeah. So growing up there it was just you weren't open you were you didn't even see other ways that people lived mm. at all. So mm-hmm. like that was just gonna be deemed as different. Yeah. Um and then different meaning bad for some reason stuck in my head. Uh, which is just absolutely not the case. Mm. So it made me, and no matter what it is, like being gay or, or anything else, like since being different is like bad, that, that maybe just not even see mm. any other issues or just care about any other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once you are part of uh, like a group that's like, yeah, marginalized, that yeah. then it just makes you care about other groups that are that way as well, even though it's not the same thing. It builds empathy across the yeah. board. Yeah. Yeah, we like to talk about creative empathy in yeah. this Ooh. group. <laughs> Can you go into that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, I think, like, like, she's getting at some good content, and, like, we had one of these walks last week where we were talking about, like, creative empathy in that, so, for her example, it's, like, she... Other, she wants other people to understand what it's like to be gay and yeah. it kind of takes like creative empathy to put yourself in someone's shoes when you can't relate in that way at all like I want people to know what it's like to like someone of the same sex even though they have no idea what that's like and I try to apply that to other groups as well so I try to remember like oh I know how it feels when I ask someone else to understand how it is to be gay and mm-hmm. so even though I have no idea what it's like to be for, for example maybe trans mm. Um, which I'm not sure if that's really a PC way of me to say that, but, um, you know, I like to be like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I can't really relate, but I understand like your struggle because I've struggled in some other area. Mm. And so I absolutely like believe you when you say, you know, you feel whatever way it is. And I tried to do that myself. And I think we just have had a lot of conversations around that. We have a lot of deep talks on the 606. (laughs) Good. Yeah. That's why I'm parked here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Do you find when you're talking like about you just mentioned PC kind of, I guess, speech or PC conversations, do you find that we are sometimes too afraid of being not PC, that we limit our conversations like we don't we aren't we are afraid to make a mistake because we might be called out for something that we don't necessarily believe in? Yeah, 100 percent. I feel like that like really came to light when like the BLM movement really started happening like earlier this summer Mm -hmm. because people were so afraid to say the wrong thing about race that just nobody was talking about it. Mm. And then it really made a lot of people take like a hard look and be like, we need to start talking about white privilege, even though it's so uncomfortable 
uncomfortable. We need to talk about Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a group of white people and you don't really know what to say, you still need to have those conversations regardless because mm-hmm. not talking about it is not what's helping. Right. So you find, I mean, have you, I mean, you probably know of like white fragility or in just in general being, I think it's anti-fragile where anti-it's either anti-fragile or the opposite of that, where it's like you allow yourself to be breakable to the point where when you do break, you're able to become stronger and more educated and more aware. Would you agree with that sentiment? Like, what do you do to... I mean, I feel like that definitely happened for, like, me and you, like, earlier this summer. Like, we had a lot of, like, tough conversations and, like, like, looked back on things that maybe I, like, said before or have acted on and, like, it made me feel really bad. Mm. And now I think, like, you need to realize the mistakes you've made, like, own what you did. And then it creates room for you to like grow and move forward. Instead but if, of like yeah. sticking to your guns and being defensive, doubling down. You yeah. Say that like, hey, that was ignorant of me. Mm. Yeah, I think the best thing that you could do right now is be like, hey, I maybe said some bad stuff. I acted terribly, but now with everything that's happened, I'm gonna change those. I realize it happened, and I'm gonna move forward. Mm. Kind of the same thing with like politicians. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's probably a lot of what got me thinking on like wanting to see more politicians that are able to say like yeah you know what like this thing that i used to really represent was isn't good and i really just want to come out and address that and tell you that i'm changing my opinion because like that's that's totally okay to do Mm. and you can't get attacked for it if you actually openly say like hey this was wrong and this is not the way i feel and here's how you know i i want to move forward yeah how do we is it just listening to each other and giving each other a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and then also forgiveness where, where we just kind of l- give that room for someone to be, I don't know, wrong and not, instead of being so punitive, right, with cancel culture, let's say. Yeah, it's very hard, like, it, especially with just how high tensions are right now. Yeah. I mean, even in my own family, I had something <laughs> that, like, just happened where it just, you get infuriated mm. because when people have different beliefs than you so it's especially when you feel like it's a direct like attack on your own beliefs and Mm -hmm. you just don't understand it so it's it's a matter and obviously I still struggle I know you struggle like it's a matter of being able to have conversations and truly hearing what the other person is saying Mm. and that is so easier said than done but if if both people aren't willing to actually listen to each other and see where they're coming from, you're never, it's going to just be like fighting and hating mm-hmm. and you're never going to be able to find common ground. So I think like looking for common ground on something to be able to like see that that person is like a human being and then you can have a discussion and really try to hear each other. But like I said, it's just, it's very, very hard <laughs> in yeah, the climate that yeah. we're so in I feel right like now. everybody wants to correct everybody and say, yeah. no, you're wrong. Like you shouldn't think this, like mm-hmm. very definitive statements and maybe changing people's minds is more like you need to change your like language you need to give people that like space yes um yeah. to like have people come to conclusions on their own rather than like you shoving it down yeah. their right when, when i think about that type of uh those types of conversations it's almost like we need to be adaptive to who we're talking with who we're speaking with right i feel like because one you have to adapt the way you understand they grew up right and that's all of a sudden it's going against maybe what you believe in your emotion. You, we tie our emotions probably st- very deeply, strongly to our opinions, obviously. And I think that's why we have problems being wrong, right? Because that's like a, that's an attack. Our, our soul's dying or something in that moment. But I don't know. I mean, 
have you tried having like like with your family example i mean what is that like what would you have to do to literally like stomach those really hard things is that i think kind of in the sense or where we were just talking where you can't just like shove something down someone's throat mm. um i'll speak i guess a little bit to my family not what just happened yeah but um yeah. Uh, like when I did first come out to my aunt, it was a not a good reaction at all. Like it was a very, very bad reaction. Um, just in a sense of like, she loved me so much and like that's what she wanted to get across. But at the same time, she was like, I, I hope that you, you find love in like a, in a heterosexual relationship. <laughs> like I'll like, so it was not a good reaction no. you want to hear, but instead of me like getting mad at her for it because I know that she did not expect it at all and like has no experience mm. with it mm. um I just like let our relationship continue because she loves me so much and mm. then she loves Allie and like seeing us together like it changed her heart hmm. instead of just like trying to like change her mind yeah I guess and then like when you feel that like your own opinions will start to change yeah it's almost like we need to let these conversations for men Right. Where it's like we can't just have these knee jerk reactions, which is why they say, like, if you're in a fight with your your um, partner, like, go separate yourselves for a little bit and like think about it and then come back. Right. That's good advice. <laughs> I also think that, like, in terms of other conversations we've had with people, maybe trying to get them to not vote for Trump, that uh, area of success that we've had in like making that happen mm. is that we asked like them questions on like why, like rather than shoving facts at them and yep. saying like you should believe this like this is wrong blah 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 and like granted sometimes i still do that <laughs> it's hard i feel like when we ask them questions about why do you believe that yeah. why do you see yourself with that side why mm. is that something that you want to support and then like it kind of makes them question why they're doing that in the first place yeah and like they almost talk themselves to like the desired result. I mm -hmm. don't know if that sounds so manipulative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think I think like what you're getting across though makes sense. Like I, I feel like it's all about, you know, making it like if you want someone to understand your position, you do have to help them to like realize how you got to that position too. Mm. Yeah. So like if you in your example for with like Trump or Biden, if you are a Biden supporter, you need to help somebody who doesn't understand that, understand how you got there and along that journey they may find that they have a similar view to you or they may not but it's all about the questions for sure yeah mm. yeah I, I definitely find that I'm, I'm very interested so in June my goal is to be living in a box truck and traveling across the United States and interviewing people just like this and then you can oh. get I can get to places like Alabama and Arkansas I really understand what is going on in people's yeah. minds <sighs> I would love to well, I mean like <laughs> Because I feel like that's the way to really understand why someone's voting a certain way. And I feel like a lot of times people just because we have so many other so much other stuff to focus on that paying attention to politics or policies is really difficult. Right. And it's also boring in a lot of ways. And I feel like because of that, voters on both sides parrot what the higher ups are kind of like yeah. saying. And that's where like kind of like slogans can be difficult and, and just buzzwords and such. Mm -hmm. And then. How do you fight that necessarily? Because I think there's a lot of times people don't necessarily want to get past the point of like lock her up, let's say, or whatever. And then they have these like, and that's really to no fault sometimes of their own besides their own thinking, right? And their own like problem solving and their own, uh, how do you get past that type of thing? 
with I mean, someone. I think, I think that if like someone who is a Trump supporter is going to what what makes me like try to have a little compassion is like I surround myself with people that are absolutely an echo chamber to like my own beliefs. Mm. So you have to realize where if you were yeah. going to like the South, how yeah. you said you want to go interview there. Yeah. And t- at initial reaction, it makes us infuriated. But then you have to realize they're also surrounded by echo chambers for their own beliefs. Yeah. So like that is what they are doing the same thing that we are. And while we don't agree with it and we, we don't understand how that can be their echo chamber to them, like they are hearing that and their views repeated to them constantly by all of their surroundings. So to have a little bit of just empathy and put yourself in their shoes, like I, you would probably be different if you grew up in the South where yeah. and had those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the only way to try to understand is what you were saying again which i'll give a perfect example of yesterday um there was like a little bit of like a uh, social media like tiff or whatever and then (laughs) she the only thing she said back finally was just like can you i'm i'm genuinely asking can you let me know like what are a few things trump has done for you in his presidency to, to help to, to benefit you mm. for why you support him mm. Mm. like just so i could understand all. and then they just didn't respond so <laughs> just, yeah like, and that wasn't to be like thing. give me one reason it's to be like, right i'm like i want to understand let's further so yeah. that i can understand why because from my point of view i can't see one way that he has helped you at all mm. so if you can tell me then maybe i can either like be enlightened and then i'm like oh it makes sense or i'm like that's interesting that you think that like i don't know but just like asking the question yeah yeah i do think like what's hard is like i think that person or at least what i i think about that person even though i don't know them is probably that we're kind of in this culture today and just around the election especially where like we're definitely not listening to hear or understand and we're just listening to respond right and that person may think that you know like oh you don't really want to understand you just want to respond and that's exactly what you're getting at and like I think that's such a interesting topic as well because like same with my family like we have very different um, opinions and views and I've had similar struggle with that social media post where like I try to actually ask questions and understand where my family's coming from I Mm. really genuinely just want to try to like see their point of view but it does make the conversations hard because we are so defensive and we assume that people don't want to understand. They just want to respond. And do you, I mean, are we even fighting over quality candidates? <laughs> you know, like, are we even <laughs> like, I Good just, question. yeah. I mean, how do we get to a point where we have better candidates? Cause like, I mean, this is nothing new where it's like either pick the lesser of two evils or like, well, I don't feel for this one, but like they kind of agree with what I'm aligned to. And I don't know if that's like, that means we have to pay more attention to the, um, what's it, preliminary, like, yeah. uh, rounds and such. Yeah. But, like, what, it, it, and besides that, and also, like, understanding, like, the demo, the way the Democratic Convention set up and how, who actually pulls the strings and all these types of stuff, how do we excite people more about, like, a candidate like either, let's say, Bernie or Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg or, you know what I mean, or Andrew Yang, like, how do we push for these people who are outside yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like it definitely starts with, like, making the information more digestible. Mm. Yeah. Because I know, like, like, I am honestly utterly ashamed at the 
lack of attention that I paid in the beginning phases and I think that is something that I'm gonna learn from going forward but I've just recently started to really like dive into like researching things and trying to understand from like multiple news Mm -hmm. outlets and it takes a lot of work it takes so much time and energy that you really only can single-mindedly be focused on like your political future and I think we need to have more like unbiased sources that provide you with very digestible language or content so you can understand like oh there's like this random lady amy coney barrett like what does she have to do with my life like Mm -hmm. i think we need to make it understandable and digestible rather than i need to take four hours out of my day to watch a verbatim hearing just to understand what someone might stand for i think it's very very tough and Mm -hmm. even when we do have the digestible sources they often don't look very like you know, unbiased or reputable. And I think that's kind of where it starts for me because I think you just need to have more information in order to like be interested or in order to make good decisions. Yeah. And I mean, we're, I imagine we're all kind of young people who don't have families. I met uh, young, like taking care of our own kids. Yeah. We're like, we have more time than most people right now. (laughs) And like, even we don't necessarily, it's tiring. And so like, who is, what about the person who has like either a one killer job that makes them work? crazy hours plus kids or they're going to school or they're working multiple jobs all this type of stuff yeah besides the new new, point yeah yeah. especially when people don't have the time but that also makes me it almost like softens me up a little bit too to people who have different views because it it, again that's a great point that you're probably not having a lot of time to actually dive into issues and know so you just stick to the beliefs that you grew up with yeah Mm -hmm. and a lot of time it's not the candidate at all yeah my my aunt actually said something that was very relate or like that stuck with me where some of our family um is very conservative conservative and i'm like how could they vote for trump Mm. and she's like i think that with a lot of times like with christians at least with my family yeah um it's not about it's not about the candidate at all it's about just conservative beliefs Mm -hmm. so you're gonna align yourself there and defend it no matter who it is at all yeah so when you were saying before like are we even fighting about two good candidates like sometimes that's not for a lot of people that actually doesn't even matter which is sad Mm. but it's just their beliefs that they want to continue being heard because of like the party that they're in yeah now to switch it up a little bit, are you guys? Are you uh, Illinois uh, voters or are you Wisconsin? Oh, we are. She's Wisconsin. Okay, Her cool. Vote matters a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's something interesting. So, okay, wait. Did you do absentee then? I imagine. Yeah, um, that process was a little bit strange, I guess, for me. Or I, it seemed foreign, but that I did like the mail-in uh-huh. like, absentee. I did that for here too. I'm, a, I'm an Illinois voter. Cool. Was that uh, was it confusing at all for um, Wisconsin? I think it seemed confusing mainly when I just like didn't want to put the effort into like doing a quick search. Uh huh. I think it's really not as bad as it okay. seemed. Honestly, like it was all available on the just main web page. Sure. You just do, do a Google search and it's not hard. Did you know who, and this can be for everyone too, for Illinois as well. Did you know uh, what senators you were voting for, who they were? Same thing with like local uh, politicians, whether it's state or judges and all that stuff. Um, so I didn't know a ton, like beforehand, I didn't really know, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I got the ballot and then I sat on it for quite a while. So yeah. I think it, it like did give me time to look into it a little more, but, um, it was interesting because there were actually, um, a couple of categories where there was only one candidate yeah. and were just a democratic candidate. So uh-huh. it was interesting to see that, um, uh-huh. for me, but then, um, for our, like, 
other categories outside of president and vice president, I think I was seeing a lot of the same names as previous races. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, I mean, I haven't voted in that many elections. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another question. Is this, how many elections have you guys voted? Because this is like my second uh, yeah. big election. It would be my second presidential yeah. election. Yeah. Which sucks. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't, I voted in the preliminaries in 2016 for uh-huh. Bernie and then I didn't vote for yeah. Hillary or Trump because mm. I was just like Trump's probably not going to win mm. <laughs> and then lol so that is why I also think this year it is so important mm. and I and like why I like more people are like you can't just assume that he's not going to win yeah. like you actually need to do it because we all made this mistake I feel like in 2016 yeah. same with me this was my first I was actually living in Texas during the, the first one and just for the same reason out of share laziness to like get registered there yeah and also i never thought this would happen yeah uh, but it's right. weird because i think that a lot of young people it, it's you'd be at least in the people we surround ourselves with here in chicago like it's almost a sense of like you would be extremely embarrassed to not vote in this yeah. election because uh-huh. of what happened last time so it's uh-huh. making people a lot more um like energized yeah. Yeah. about it right were you guys uh were you vocal about not voting in the last one or did it come up and how is that dealing with say with your family or friends like and also say like you know you have you heard the old adage where it's like well you can't complain if you don't like vote right so like how did that affect you guys I mean I it definitely is a source of embarrassment (laughs) for me I feel stupid that I didn't Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would have made a difference but I'm sure that's what every person that doesn't vote says Mm -hmm. uh but yeah I mean I'm not like proud of that at all gotcha same I'm not proud of it um but it hasn't like necessarily come up yeah in a sense of my family being like you also my mom voted for Trump and she's extremely embarrassed about that yeah so like that was worse than <laughs> so no it hasn't like come up um however I do completely agree with the whole if you're not voting you don't you can't right necessarily have an opinion my brother is maybe the worst kind of um political person where he's like i'm not voting because the whole system's ruined and blah blah blah, and i'm using my voice to not vote and i just absolutely could like not like i i just cannot even wrap my head around that Mm. one um so i i very much think that he's not allowed to have all the opinions that he has Mm -hmm. if you're not even gonna cast your vote yeah and how do you now going back to the whole thing of like changing your uh, I guess strategy of talking to someone. How do you talk to someone like that, oh, especially it, when well, you're your family? It's not exactly a um, calm conversation. Yeah. Um, it was really, really, really difficult. I have since then just he lives in Colorado mm-hmm. now, um, but since that conversation um, over summer, finding out that he has never voted. He's older than me. He's like 32, mm. um, and does not plan to vote in this one. I've the initial conversation was very heated and I was super upset after. Mm. Um, but since I've just tried to get him to understand that this election actually is super important to, and like get, get him to like pull on his heart a little bit to be like, Hey, this is what's happening. And it actually affects like my own life, like what way the country mm. goes. So, like if you care about anything, like don't you care about, you know, things mm. that could actually uh, affect me. Don't mm. you care about, like, all if of... you could get married, yeah, if a job like, can, like, yeah, fire discriminate against yeah. you yeah. based yeah. off, like, your sexual preference. Like, humanize uh-huh. it. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and, like, you have... My brother, like, it just doesn't make sense for me. My brother has 
so like this sounds like the worst thing ever what I'm about to say but like my brother has only black friends like he does so I'm like how could you be so enraged with like BLM and like support that so much but then not use your voice to vote like yeah. it doesn't make sense like you, these are things you support yet you're so mad about the like the system in general that mm. you're just not even gonna vote like mm. it's very hard to wrap my head around so I'm trying to just use things that he cares about to show him that yeah. your only way to vote or to, to have a say in that is to vote sure that's so he did say that if he if he does vote he's thinking about it but if he does vote it would be because of you my sister mm -hmm. and like my friends that I care about so like that's as le at least that's as the best that's best a pretty that's a gotten. strong step yeah at least See, that's the thing that really excites me about all this voting stuff is, I mean, I need to read more about, like, not necessarily our founding fathers, but even, like, about, like, the political changes through, like, the 1800s and stuff. I think it's so exciting that this experiment is still an experiment and that we are literally, besides all Citizens United stuff, it's still possible for us to really, like, just, for lack of better words, band together and, like, excite ourselves behind the people local we can vote for and then also make that trickle up yeah. system yeah. work for yeah. more people you know like it's just it's hard it's so hard it's such hard work but that is possible mm -hmm. because it like because the the sheer chaotic nature of what politics is and like the the outcomes we don't know what they're going to be it is possible for them to go in a direction we want them to we just need to work fucking hard yeah yeah and we need to educate, like, ourselves, like, in our free time, like, actually know what's going on. Locally and first. Locally and first, then... so it does trickle up. Like, it mm. is, like, everybody doing, like, their own small part to mm. make that change. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I also think, like, when I said the comment about digestible information, like, I don't really have anything for myself to plug, but I guess, like, <laughs> I'll just internally plug, like, your show. Because I think <laughs> stuff like this is important to, like, you know have like podcasts are easy to just like flip on when you're driving and mm. it's easy to like listen to somebody having a conversation so it's you know it's kind of like you're having a conversation with someone who you don't normally wouldn't come into contact with so i think that that's exactly the kind of like content or like media platforms that we need more of Absolutely. hell yeah so like good job cool. thank you so yeah. much <laughs> <laughs> well um i've taken enough of your time is there anything let's say that you are going you would like to move toward in this world of like let's educate ourselves more and like be better with politics or people is there anything that like you've thought of that you're like hey i'm interested in doing this plus that could maybe help someone else if they're struggling with something uh, <sighs> I, I don't i mean moving forward I, I don't really know i guess understand the question that much of like <laughs> helping someone else but i guess um moving forward for myself what we were just talking about like i want to know what's going on before it's at an election yeah so i want to know what's going on like locally and know who i support and like align with so that as we were saying it can trickle up mm. but then knowing um what's going on locally and in the broader streams i guess it would help other people too because when you're having conversations and you're just like bashing together two people who disagree mm -hmm. if you're actually educated it can make the conversation turn in a way of someone actually hearing you mm. um so like for myself i just want to do that like i want to educate myself and be able to like actually talk to 
different points when I get into like conversations with people who don't see yeah mm. my views. Yeah. I think like if I was going to say to like more diving into your like point on helping someone else, I think what I would say is like you know I obviously don't know everything, and there's the more I learn, the more that I just realize I don't know. In <laughs> fact, but I would say like it does help to feel like I'm more confident in my decision making and more confident in like what I believe to read and understand more and I think what I would say to other people is like it actually can never be too late for you to start that journey like to Mm -hmm. start understanding more about what politics like can do for your life or what how it impacts you like it's it's never too late because I think if you want to be an active participant in your own life like in your community you do have to like take that responsibility on Mm. but you can do that at any point I really like that it's like never too late to start Mm mm-hmm I always think about that with every election. It's a time of learning. We we can look at what we did last time, and every time you start learning more about how the government works, you know? It's, yeah. a, it's a process. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for being on. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. This yeah. is great. You have a lovely day. We're glad we you too. Yes. I'm too. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining me. This has been Free Interviews with Nick Corey. Stay tuned for a sneak peek of next week's episode. Also, I'll be traveling to Austin, Texas in the next couple of weeks and be conducting some interviews in the warm, sunny sun. See you on the street.